Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello, gang. Hello, kings. Hello, queens. I'm going to start today with a reading right off the bat. Uh, see if anybody, how long it takes somebody to guess, uh, figure out what I'm reading here. Oh, hi, my cat, my, Matt Carp. How you doing? You want to pop on? Please be my guest. Give me back my broken night, my mirrored room, my secret life. It's lonely here. There's no one left to torture. Give me absolute control over every living soul and lie beside me, baby. That's an order. Give me crack and anal sex. Take the only tree that's left and stuff it up the hole in your culture. Give me back the Berlin Wall. Give me Stalin and St. Paul. I've seen the future, brother. It is murder. Things are going to slide, slide in all directions. Won't be nothing, nothing you can measure anymore. The blizzard, the blizzard of the world has crossed the threshold and it has overturned the order of the soul. When they say repent, repent, I wonder what they meant. When they said repent, repent, I wonder what they meant. You don't know me from the wind. You never will. You never did. I'm the little Jew who wrote the Bible. I've seen the nations rise and fall. I've heard the stories, heard them all, but love's the only engine of survival. Your servant here, he has been told to say it clear, to say it cold. It's over. It ain't going any further. And now the wheels of heaven stop. You feel the devil's riding crop. Get ready for the future. It is murder. Thing. There'll be the breaking of the ancient Western code. Your private life will suddenly explode. There'll be phantoms. There'll be fires on the road and the white man dancing. You'll see a woman hanging upside down, her features covered by her falling gown. And all the lousy little poets coming around, trying to sound like Charlie Manson. And the white man dancing. Give me back the Berlin Wall. Give me Stalin and St. Paul. Give me Christ or give me Hiroshima. Destroy another fetus now. We don't like children anyhow. I've seen the future, baby. It is murder. Things are going to slide. Slide in all directions. Won't be nothing. Nothing you can measure anymore. The blizzard, the blizzard of the world, has crossed the threshold and it has overturned the order of the soul. When they said, repent, repent, I wonder what they meant. Vibing out a little uh, Leonard Cohen. Canada's answer to Bob Dylan. Ah, uh, I'm not drunk. You're drunk. Uh. How you guys doing? Let's see what the questions are. Uh, man, I have seen the new Biden ad. Someone asked if I've seen the new Biden ad, and holy mackerel. Holy shit. Uh, it's pretty funny. I mean, yeah, it's racist, and that is bad, but, uh, man. The thing it really indicates is that they are going to campaign by taking all of Trump's principles and saying... They're going to take all of Trump's, like, basic campaigning talking points and frames and say nuh-uh because they can't offer an alternative they can't offer an alternative right now we're seeing 
this fucking recovery, this 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 uh, this crisis economy being a giveaway, exactly like it was in 2008, a giveaway to the richest people of the country. We've got a fucking small business. Uh, <coughs> we got a small business uh, 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 slush fund, basically, that's being raided by any corporate big corporation with a fucking um, with a halfway competent uh, attorney or uh, accounting department. <coughs> People are going to be completely left out. SOL. Uh, no, no unemployment. No, uh, no rent. Uh, no rent. Uh, jubilee. No debt. Uh, no debt jubilee. You still owe everything. You'll what? You can get maybe some cobra, some cobra. And the thing about the cobra is you don't get it any cheaper. They just get paid more. Um. And what is the alternative? The alternative is uh, Trump said that he would, did a good job with the Chinese, but actually, no, he did a bad job with the Chinese. Oh, shit, really? Okay, so one way or another, we are all in agreement that this is about how much of it is China's fault and who's going to be a, a, do a better job of uh, confronting them over it. That's it? That's, that's the solution? Not anything, not anything that could allow people to fucking survive this or have any hope of coming out of it in anything other than absolute penury, you fucking bleaches and scumbags. A fucking... <coughs> Potbelly Subs got $10 million in loans from the Small Business Fund. It's a complete fucking giveaway it, at every level. It's corporate looting like we haven't seen since 08, and there's no alternative to it. At least Obama pretended when he was running that he was against that shit and that he was going to do something different. Of course, surprise, surprise, he did. He was lying the whole time, but you could be excused. I hope you can, because I certainly bought it, that he was envisioning something different. Biden is explicitly saying no. We are all on the same page with this. Minimal fucking outlay of means-tested uh, short-term benefits. Meanwhile... And that is basically what falls off of the, the wheelbarrow that we're just delivering to the fucking rapacious maws of all the fucking corporate raiders who always end up benefiting from all of this. And guess what? When all those small businesses that are supposed to be helped by that loan, when they are never able to get back in uh, business, all those fucking restaurants that we all love, those little guys, those are all getting bought out, at least the ones that are economically viable, are going to get bought out by chains, by, by Amazon's going to get into the restaurant business, I guarantee you, to you, and like the big, the big, uh, uh, the big chefs and the big, uh, uh, like agribusiness companies, hell, I wouldn't be surprised if Monsanto decides to get vertically integrated and open their own chain of fucking restaurants where like you pick like the hybrid chicken, uh, cauliflower, you pull it screaming off of the, uh, uh off of its like mutant, uh, hybrid freak, uh, umbilical cord slash root and just, like, cook it right in front of you. It's self-cooking, actually. It has a little button on it. You press it, and it, it plumps while it stares at you. So, like, that's going to be the end of it. Like, this is this whole thing is going to be benefit to the ruling class if they can maintain stability, if they can make it so that money still means something, that at the end of it, they're going to be in a position to just buy out the economy, basically, at a fucking... Uh, at uh, fire sale prices. And that's like that's what that's why they need to get hell now because you saw what happened with the fucking uh, thing collapse. You remember when the uh, the stock market went down? Remember, biggest drop in human history. Well, the reason that stopped and now that it's going back up is because they've been signaled that in the short term, they are going to be made whole. 
in the short term, they're not going. Their debts aren't going to be called in. Their profit streams are not going to dry up. They still get to maintain viability as corporations, and that means that they can still make money and they can arbitrage off this. And that means at the end of this, if they're able to like keep suckers going out there and risking their lives for minimum wage to keep this thing going, long because the the money that they're getting is supposed to have some worth. Because there's a because uh, there's a government with actual like ability to function that like stands behind the debt that is implied by the note, uh, then they're going to come out of this winners. Uh, because like there was a crisis in capitalism has been since the 70s and certainly one that has anticipated or uh, only uh, intensified since 08. And this is kind of a way out of it, in a lot of ways. This could be a way out of it. Because the only way out of a situation like that is to reduce competition, which is what they've been doing, but maybe not fast enough to keep themselves make themselves keep themselves viable. Now they get a chance where they could just buy out in a, in a, in a uh, with a blink of the eye, nobody even noticing uh, in a crisis, uh, and they're going to be made whole. And then and, and everyone is either going to be in the reserve army of the unemployed, and there's going to be a UBI as some sort of part of this. By the way, that's inevitable. If this system maintains itself, UBI is going to happen. But it's going to most likely happen on their terms. And this is going to be the thing that normalizes the UBI, and it normalizes the corporate overthrow of, like, even the middle bourgeois. That's what it'll do. Oh, boy. Getting real with you guys here. wasn't expecting that. I gotta say though, I think about it. I don't think I'm wrong. I don't think I'm wrong because to stop it, there would be some sort. There has to be some countervailing force at the table, somebody to enforce their will, and for these guys to be scared of. And there just isn't. Bernie has been defeated. His 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 uh, his movement is in, in in turmoil, and it never wasn't. It wasn't even big enough when it, it was at zenith before it started going down. Like, the whole point of the Bernie thing, in my mind, like, long-term, like, you know, if I was, was I putting on my, like, long-term, sort of Spengler-esque decline of the West Doomer hat that I kind of always believed, even though I was, like, you know, strategically, or, like, tactically I might be up on something, but at the long-term I was always thinking, none of this is going to actually work in any meaningful sense. All it's going to do is push a process forward when, so that, when the inevitable crisis of capitalism comes... Like the the apocalypse of capitalism comes, that the left is in the strongest possible position to vie for power in that situation. That was always my hope and dream. Like that's what I thought Bernie was for. At the, at the end of the day, like short term, you can talk. Yes, building building socialism or building an idea of socialism in people's minds, giving them an idea that government can help them, providing them with uh, 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 things that make them feel empowered in their own workplaces, so that they can organize as workers and gain class consciousness. That is the road, but man, like, I didn't think it was going to result in anything real. I didn't think we were going to get Medicare for all. I didn't think Bernie was going to succeed. I thought the ball was going to keep moving so that when the crisis came, the left was in a position to win. And now I feel like this really does feel like it could be the crisis. And if it is, I despair basically for where we are. It doesn't feel like it's enough. But I don't know. I don't know. There's no real way to know. So that's me. So that's me, guys. That's where I am right now. How are you guys doing? I mean, it says not the crisis yet, but we don't know what this is the beginning of. 
We certainly know what we don't know what the long term effects of this fucking thing are, and especially colliding with climate change and like the and then the independent fact that there's a fucking fossil fuel uh, uh, economy crisis that no one has uh, saw coming. Where, 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 like the fossil fuel economy, the entire carbon economy, the petrodollar is collapsing. How about that? You put all this to shit together. Yes, capitalism is very uh, durable, and it certainly has institutions that are built now to do its bidding in this situation. But I gotta say, this is a real challenge. It's a real challenge. I think we could at least accept that. At least I hope. I hope we could. Uh, all right. I'm looking for another good question. Uh. Have the Podjohns ever gotten... No, man. Fuck that. Podjohns have never acknowledged any of us other than to say we suck uh, and to tell us to shape up. Uh, fucking turds. I don't know if you should quit your hospital job. I don't know what it is. I don't know how supported you feel. I don't know how much money you're getting. What states are the caucuses? Oh, Appalachia. That's easy. No, no, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a no-brainer. The Midwest and the Balkans and the caucuses... Uh, uh, Dagestan, Chechnya, and all that shit. Uh, yeah, that's Appalachia, for sure. West Virginia, Kentucky, all down the way through Missouri. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, where the Americans, where where Dage Lawrence's American spirit lives, the hard, desolate killer, the Scotch Irish border reaver. Yeah. Those guys are the most like Chechens. Honor-bound, uh, uh, warlike, religiously ecstatic. Come on, it's it's very good. It's 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 scans. I don't know about the other ones. Like I don't know what. Uh, like I don't know what. I, oh, I think Ohio. Oh no, wait a minute. No, Ohio's the Midwest. I'm sorry. Uh, Pennsylvania. I think. Uh huh. That's kind of. Hmm. I feel like all right. New England is England, right? Right? New England is just England. Or like the UK and Ireland. The British Isles, right? The British Isles is New England. Right? That seems correct. And then does that make the Mid-Atlantic and like the East Coast like continental Europe? Like France or, uh, or Italy maybe? Just because there's all those Italians? I don't know. Are the Dems about to be a permanent minority party? Oh, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know. I think that there's this argument being made that they're like trying to become the new natural ruling party of capital. They're like trying to usurp the role from the Republicans. That's why there's this rightward shift. Is because they're making a play to be the real uh, thing of capital and to like reify uh, uh, like social liberalism as. Uh, 
as like the backbone of the legitimacy of the lib- of like the neoliberal state, you know, like like wokeness becomes like the divine right of kings. Wokeness becomes the the reason for the legitimacy of the sovereign. Like the, it's not it doesn't derive from God. It, it derives from the fact that they they observe certain forms about about like cultural diversity and shit like that. But the problem is, is that they have this crisis, and Democrats are bad in crisis when, when they are forced to promise things they know they're not going to do. Uh, meeting a uh, hard-boiled egg. That's really a simple but delicious treat, I gotta say. Yes, Heinrich Brüning. That is really, that's what Biden would feel like to me. You know, the last guy. I'm eating an egg in these trying times. I only brought one egg out because I thought, ah, I'm going to have dinner soon, but damn it. I want another egg. They're really good. Uh, you know what? Somebody asked an interesting question. They said, should you be rooting for Trump over Biden? Now, a lot of people have accused us of like being closet alt-righters or like Trumpists or something. Trump has become so polarizing a figure on like racial and, and uh, gender lines that saying that you should vote for Trump or saying like objectively that like a Trump win would be better than a Biden one uh, it is better to adopt a Buddhist posture it is better to point out one it doesn't matter who you vote for on a personal level it's lib bullshit to think that that is meaningful like indication of your worth as a person you're symbolic like people think that they think that their vote is them and that's silly. It's just an act. It's just a bourgeois... Honestly, if we look at it culturally, it's a bourgeois ritual affectation. That's what voting is. So who gives a shit if you do it or not, or what you do when you do it? Let the election pass through you, like gamma radiation. Now that Bernie isn't there, we are the record producer in Boogie Nights. This is a YP, not an MP. So that's my attitude, just to not get bound up, because I see people, like, they're already getting riled up about, oh, I'm going to have to fight these Biden people for the next six months. It's like, you've been fighting these Hillary people over the same point for the last four years. Do you see an end to this? Do you see this ever meaning anything? Do you see this ever resolving? Do you see this anything other than just permanent self-inflicted uh, uh, hysteria? Like a self-inflicted uh, uh, neuroses. Let it go. Let it go, let it go, let it open up the door. Let it go. It's my advice. People go, what about the Biden? What about least harm? What about Mehid Hassan? Who cares? Doesn't matter. Dust in the wind. We are shadows and dust, Maximus. Shadows and dust. 
sands through the hourglass. Those are the votes of our lives. <clears throat> Who gives a shit? Bourgeois affectation. Like neckties at work. That's what voting is. It's a thing you watch your social betters do. Little curtsies. Court curtsies that, that like legitimize them each other in their ritual performance of power. While most people observe nonplussed from the sidelines. That's what voting is. Oh, yes, we'll be at the cotillion with the, with the Margrave of Liechtenstein. That's it. It's a debutante ball. It can be useful because of its cultural power as an organizing tool, which is what we try to do with Bernie. But that part, whatever future use elections have, and they do have some, I'm not saying fuck electoralism, I think that you need elections, you need to work with those systems, Every Lenin did that, everyone understands the necessity of that, it's all neurotic shit to say no to that. Um... Uh, but I'm just saying that the, your interest in this election is over. So you're not going to be doing anything for it, right? You're not going to be do donating time or money for this fucking guy. That's a given. You're not going to be giving him any of your time or attention, meaningfully. So what are you going to do? Spend this time arguing with Biden supporters who are not operating in good faith? Or do you just start grilling? Do you get grill-pilled? Do you just embrace the Jimmy Buffett lifestyle? Do you just waste away in Margaritaville? Searching for that lost shaker of salt. Let's do it. That's what I'm planning to do, guys. So let's get grilling. Let's get it grilling. Hashtag, let's, let's get grilling. No, maybe not. I don't know. Something grilling related. Let's think of a grilling related hashtag. Grill pill. I don't know. Whatever. So that's the, the, that's the argument. That's the, to tell people about fucking voting. In this election, because I can see people already just like, even though this is a crucial moment in history and we really have to figure out what to do next pronto, people are wasting time arguing with Biden voters about this point. We need to focus. This is like our response now could determine the fate of humanity. I mean, I'm not being hyperbolic there. If we could seize this chance, I mean, I'm not saying it's likely, but if it's possible, it requires focus right now. And talking to Biden supporters about this fucking head-on-a-pin bullshit, about who's actually, you know, that's actually privileged of you to say that you can vote. Well, no, it's actually privileged of you to say that because most people who are not privileged are the ones who... No. Grill on that shit. Get to the real thing we have to figure out. We have to figure out how to respond to this. I mean, a lot of people say things like mutual aid or fucking uh, taking the Bernie campaign and, and turning it into a, a, a thing for local races and, and, and things like that. Um, any of it, it has to happen very quickly. The structures have to be in place so if the pressure gets put on them, they can take the weight. They don't just disperse and then the great big powers just roll everything up into one great god horrifying consolidation. So, my God, let's get to that business right now. So I'm not hearing any more bullshit about the Biden campaign. Don't care. In fact, I'm going to try to, like, stop myself from even tweeting about it. I do love making fun of all that bullshit. But from now on, I'm not going to talk about the race. I will make fun of something Biden or Trump says, but not in the context of which one you should vote for or anything. Um, or maybe I won't even do that. Maybe I'll totally boycott it. Uh, I think maybe just, like, as a as a... As a 
piece of self-discipline I should enforce on myself. No, you're not going to say anything about either of them, no matter how funny they are. And Trump and Biden are two of the funniest people on earth. And guess what? I can't say I won't watch the debates. Of course I will. And I might have to stream them because I'm going to be on a lot of drugs. But that, because it is such a perfect culmination of everything I've ever believed in, I have to give myself that. But other than that, I'm ignoring this campaign. Talking about everything else. Oh, we got a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, and I can't wait to talk about it. But this specific campaign, we're not talking about. At least I am. We might talk about it on the show, you know, because it is a news of the week thing. Uh, but I'm going to remind everyone during that that you don't have to have opinions about this stuff. Let's see if we got any questions here. Thoughts on the ending of a meridian to the internet do psyops. If Biden win is a future confrontation with China. Is if, oh, I talked yesterday about China, and I'm kind of skeptical that there's going to be any kind of apocalyptic conflict just because our economies are so interdependent, and the elites are so intertwined, uh, and their interests are so interlocked. It's like there's really nothing other than just sort of pathetic, like, nation-state shadow boxing to require this system to have this much grit in it they make the stuff we purchase it it's symbiotic it works both ways it's like it, it, they, they get to build a domestic economy uh, uh, through export we get to cheap goods uh, at the expense of our agri in, uh, industrial core of course in the long run it's destabilizing because it's not a, it's you know second law of thermodynamics the system eventually starts eating itself and then it fucking destabilizes but the interests at the top are the same. So I really think that this is all going to end up being uh, some sort of Sino-American uh, 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 hegemony. I think that's the most... It's, it's just... Unless unless the chaos theory really has gone around the bat, and it could have. I mean, Trump being president is not something most people would have predicted, even using, like, the most you know, loose definitions of, of probability back before it would have been happening. And this guy does have the power. I mean, he, he's, he is a actual actor in history, which is insane to think. But Donald Trump is one of those guys like Napoleon, you know, who literally has history in his hands. He has history uh, in the art behind a Tonka truck uh, wheel. It's breathtaking to think that. And it's just an indictment of the system that it's come to this. I mean, this is the ultimate repudiation of every system that we live under. Capitalism, liberalism, anything. Uh, the, uh, 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 the fucking enlightenment, for God's sakes. Uh, the, the industrial revolution. Uh, uh, the technology at all. Like, it could turn you into a complete Luddite, for God's sakes. But it's the reality we're in. That's crazy. And it's horrifying to think of. But we got to think of something to do in this conflict. Or in this moment of uh, insecurity. Oh, boy. Uh, woo! Feeling it, guys. How you guys doing? How you living? I, for, I was going to say something else, but I forgot. I forgot what to say. Dark Tower Buddhism. Okay. All right, strap in, guys. So, 
The long and short of it is, is that I, a while ago, had a few religious-style revelations that pointed me in the direction of Buddhism as the re closest repository uh, on Earth of, like, eternal truth or wisdom of any kind. Uh, and as, But the problem is, is I, I have a very hard time uh, acting on those beliefs through things like meditation and, you know, rigorous uh, uh, abstemiousness or anything, really. Um, and part of that is that the it's like the cultural vocabulary of uh, of Buddhism is very um, very alien to me. Uh, doesn't really resonate, you know. And, the, and all of the ideas, like you know, people, you know, in like a Shinto, like a a shrine with like the ball, like sitting there, like that stupid music with the flute, you know. Doo -doo, I don't like that music. And I know that obviously it's not monolithic culture. I'm just talking about what my preconditioned brain stamp relates to it. You know what I mean? Like I have, I only know Buddhism to the degree that I know anything, which is through a cultural context. And that means I get like an association of images mostly from television, uh, like a literal stereotype. So that's what I'm operating off of because I don't have a deeper cultural awareness of it because of where I grew up. Uh, and so that's like a barrier. But then I've realized uh, that the Dark Tower world of Stephen King, books I have read at a young age, so were like integrated into my mental landscape at a very early period, uh, absolutely contain a lot of the same elements. Uh, ideas of, um, you know, eternal recurrence, that, uh, the idea of like uh, uh, de uh, of, uh, evolution towards a, a higher plane of enlightenment. Uh, through and the turtle the turtle seems like the, the turtle whose back the earth is on uh, he's like Buddha is like I don't like that guy but I like the turtle so I just think of the turtle anyway I did watch the SNL Zoom party. It was really terrible. Uh, really, really bad. Uh, made me made my tummy hurt a little bit. It real sucked. Sucked a lot. Uh, thumbs down. Uh, it really reminds you how much they're pushing that audience to get the jokes. You know, like to get like if they didn't have a live audience, that show would never have made it past the year because the thing is the thing obviously the real secret of SNL is that it was never good there was never a time when SNL was in any objective or meaningful sense good uh, there are just times that are remembered more fondly by people because of the placement in their lives you usually see because it's an eternal thing you see SNL when you're a little kid and that version of the show is so formative to your like sense of humor and, and, and like cultural context that you give it this outsized uh, uh, place in your heart and then you remember the best parts and forget the worst and that's true of every era of SNL no matter how much we love it now Will Ferrell era which I loved of course and a lot of people in this chat I get best love had a lot of fucking stinkers now I do think, as someone who's watched it my whole adult life, that there hasn't been a notable drop off in the last couple years. I will say it's a little worse than it's ever been, uh, but 
the thing is, it was never as good as, as the people who compare the bad new ones to was. Uh, but, you know, there's always going to be a couple of, uh, of decent sketches in every season. And, but no, but like, it needs to feel social. It needs to have everyone laughing. It needs to like be pumping everything up that way. And just having them just on those Zooms... Oh, my God. Every one of these Zoom-based shows, they had that fundraiser yesterday, which, God bless them, they raised a bunch of money, but watching these people in their... These musicians get into their costumes and dance in front of featureless walls. It's just a bunch of people... It's a bunch of people on chat, Chatterbait, like, live-streaming their mental breakdowns. It was very... It's like, oh, this is not reassuring at all. This is terrifying. It just reminds you of how wildly isolated we are. And that's the thing that's most disheartening to me about the future, is that this is a moment where solidarity is more important than it's ever been, and social solidarity has been rendered basically impossible. Unless you've got an AR-15 and own an Arby's franchise and really want to get that money going because you got boat payments, you basically are not in a public context. You're either working, uh, dodging coronavirus uh, to keep your family alive, uh, or your home. Neither of those allow for any kind of solidarity, any kind of like public demonstrations of anything. Workplaces lose have are uh, at an all-time low for leverage in most businesses because of how many people are unemployed now. Amazon's hiring 100,000 people because a lot of the people they have are sick and or are uh, staying home because they don't want to get sick. And so there's spots are being played, spots are being taken by people who are more desperate, who are more willing to work in those conditions because they're in a more desperate uh, monetary position than the people who just recently had those jobs that no longer can afford in their own minds to go to work. That's terrifying. That's terrifying to com- contemplate. So that's the big question, and I don't. that's why I think it's so hard to formulate answers to the what is to be done question, because so much of it depends on obsolete, it's looking like, social forms. You know, like the public person, the, like the pu- the public human was like our only entrepot into uh, solidarity and empathy and all the things that build a social order. Now we're retreating to just a, a situation where we've completely abolished the social. There's no social uh, component at all. And now how are we supposed to fight in this terrain that's entirely created as a superstructure of capitalism? Like we're fully superstructural now. We've completely, like, huge chunks of us have lost con- any connection to the actual mode of production. <coughs> it's wild shit, people, and I don't know what to say. It's my party, and it's freaking me out. So, anyway, I hope everybody be thinking of questions, and I hope everybody tries to think of answers to these questions. But don't spare any brain power you don't need to on the fucking presidential election. That's my only request to you. For both of our sakes. For all of our sakes. Just pay it no mind. Gone fishing. That's a YP. Not an MP. You know, the, uh, the, uh, the military coup uh, might take us a little bit left, hilariously. Uh, a military coup, partially because of the uh, fact that the military is actually the most diverse institution in America at, at its base, like the people who make it up, uh, but uh, also just out of the fact that like there will be an apolitical need 
to uh, like distribute social goods in such a way to maintain order that will supersede a lot of the uh, the gunk in the system that's built up by the, the the reality of like a political culture, like having Democrats and Republicans and creating ideologies around them, and then people investing them to one degree or another with validity, and then you know reifying them through law. That creates a gunk that like breaks between, and makes it hard to like fully uh, uh, exploit. So that means that they would like have they would in an apolitical way just like distribute stuff. So yeah, it might actually be sort of a populist uh, uh, a military coup. I mean, I'm not I don't not nearly as ideological or as uh, left wing as like the Carnation Revolution. Certainly not, uh, but. Uh, honestly, maybe a, 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 it might be. I hate who. It could be the thing that saves us ultimately. Depending on how things were to to fall out, it could be the thing that saved people from fascism by 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 uh, cutting off mass politics before it could beca- become fully uh, realized uh, and, and fully uh, captured by nativism. You know, but that's only like a worst case scenario. Of course, I think. I don't think we have to go to that. I think we can, we can create social, uh, durable social uh, orders that can take up some responsibility and get some power and leverage in this coming uh, negotiations about like the reorder that's to come. So uh, yeah, American bathism. I mean, oh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, Frederick Jameson's been on this for a long time. Uh, it's it's certainly uh, the the argument is not wrong. Like there is a uh, there's like the VA is the only actual socialized medical care in the American system. It is it is uh, not single payer. It is owned by the state. VA doctors work for the U.S. government. That's like the fucking NHS. That's the domestic NHS. That was my favorite thing from my inter- our interview with Joe Seastack, is we asked him about, what do you think about universal health care? And he said, well, I think we should experiment. And I feel like we should try some, Medicare for All is a good idea, but also, and I was assuming he was setting me up to say uh, the, the thing that, like, all those people said, which is that we'll, we'll give a, well, basically a way to say a public option. You know, we'll, we'll do competition between the private and the public sector. That just means public option, even if you call it Medicare for All. But instead, he said, we should have Medicare for All and then have it uh, in competition with the VA and expand the VA. And I was like, that's just direct provision you're talking about. So I was like, damn, Joe, go off. Uh, I mean, like I said, uh, if, if Joe Seastack could be our horthy, I think there are worse outcomes of this crisis, I'll tell you that. But anyway, like, and there's a social culture, there's an actual uh, esprit de corps, uh, uh, there's chain of command, uh, and there's social provision for everything, from, uh, food to medical care to uh, housing. Uh, I don't know, no. I don't know. Probably not going to happen. I don't think that we've got any C-stacks in, in here anymore. I think they're all a bunch of time-serving motherfuckers. I think they're a bunch of uh, just lizard people. I mean, honestly, kind of, the fact that they haven't cooed Trump yet kind of sells me that they don't have any heart. That they don't have the balls to do it. Or they're like, they've been conditioned. I mean, there's this new book by this guy, uh, there's this new book by a guy who's like a 40-year, tenured professor at West Point. Uh, 
who uh, is, is doing a book that just exposes the institution and says, uh, the entire time I've been there, all this institution has done has created is, is created a bunch of mediocre, yes-men, dipshit zombies who just stumble into one failing campaign after another, losing to one collection of, like, shoeless insurgents after another, because they all they do is replicate, uh, like, the worst herd instinct idiocy uh, of the U.S. military culture. And I was like, yeah, that's that's now who's in charge. They don't even have the fucking balls or even imagination to conceive of themselves. Like, like, like I bet they even think that things like, well, we couldn't coup the president. That would be against the Constitution. Like, they actually think that. You know, they believe, like, they actually, in their hearts, would think that. And that would stop them from doing it. That's the kind of imagine, like, imaginationless, just dolts. Guys who could not think outside of any box... Don't even know that there is a box. Just pissing in the corners of the boxes. And not even staying to one. Pissing in all the corners. And not even, like, making a piss zone that's, so it's less bad in the rest of the room. Uh, I don't know the name of the book. I'm sorry. I guess I can look it up. I haven't read it. I just read an interview with the author. But, uh... It certainly makes sense. I mean, those guys have not won a war in 30 years. Seriously. These motherfuckers are like 0 and 50 right now. In like, in, since the 20th century ended. What was the last war they won? The last war they won, what, bombing Kosovo? Where they, by the way, didn't even prevent any of the atrocities. The worst atrocities all were committed after the bombing started. So they didn't even stop it. So they created Kosovo. That was the last big W for the U.S. military. Fought to an absolute draw by the Taliban for 20 years. If we do get out of this thing, and I hope we do, it'll be with the Taliban going to take over as surely as the North was going to take over South Vietnam as soon as we left. That means that's a loss. That's an L. The Taliban was the government we replaced. So that's an L. That's not even... you like. Some people can say, like, oh, you know, well, we technically... No, this is a L. Iraq? I mean, what was the point of that? I mean, if you take the actual mission, it was like one of those... It's a brain teaser. It's like, did we win the war in Iraq or lose it? It's like, well, the reason we were supposed to go there doesn't exist. So, like, the thing we were there for isn't a real thing, and now that we know that... There was no justification, which means there's no way to say whether it was a victory or defeat. It literally nullifies it. Because you're not judging it by a criterion anymore, because it's like, well, we stopped the weapons, but there were no weapons. It defeats the question. That's how bad it was. That's how bad and disastrous a war it was. And now the country is much more influenced by Iran than us, which wouldn't be a problem if we were smarter and decided to just flip sides in the Middle East and join up with Iran against Saudi Arabia and Israel? Has anyone thought of that, by the way? Could we just do that? Couldn't we just do a, fa a face turn like in the WWF? Uh... Mm. So a bunch of losers. 
Losers. We have no imagination. Like, the smartest one of them, the guy who was, like, the genius of the whole generation was fucking David Petraeus, whose big genius idea was, hey, let's just give those guys money so they stop shooting at us. And it only worked as long as they had the money directly in front of them, and as soon as we left, they just became Al-Qaeda, or they they became ISIS. Oops, shit. Oh, no. Who would have thunk it? So he literally just, like, did a temporary cheat uh, to get out of, like, a, a bad uh, press. It was really just to get out of a bad press era. It was basically to provide... The the surge existed to get what Nixon and uh, uh, Kissinger were always looking for when they were doing the Paris uh, peace negotiations, which was a reasonable interval. Because they had accepted as a fait accompli that the South would fall. They just wanted it to not fall, like, the day after we left. They wanted there to be what was called reasonable interval. And that is all that uh, the surge provided. So that was his big genius innovation, was to do that. And then, uh, so that, that was it. And then he went home and he gave all of his classified information to the journalist that he was having sex with. And it was only found out because his real housewife from Tampa uh, threw a fucking a glass of Chardonnay in someone's face because they were spending too much time with the general. I mean, come on. That is their guy. That's their uh, Soleimani. Uh, that's their uh, uh, that's their Wallenstein. Give me a fucking break. Good lord. Uh, uh, that's their Francisco Sforza. Hmm. Bitter Lake is an Adam Curtis documentary about the Saudi uh, Western uh, alliance, which was forged. Uh, after World War One, very bad idea for everyone involved. Uh. Oh. All right, I'm looking up that book. I gotta look up that book. Uh. West Point. It should be called like Disso What. West disappointed? No, never mind. Okay, it's called The Cost of Loyalty, Dishonesty, Hubris, and Failure in the U.S. Military by Tim Bakken. Apparently this guy kind of has a, uh, has this kind of a crank because uh, he had to like fight. He had to go to court to get tenure because uh, they like denied it to him or something, and he he was able to claim that it was uh, unfounded, and they had to give him the job back. So he's got an axe to grind. But everything he said makes sense to me. I mean, look at the record. We suck. We really suck. Oh, boy. I would go on Brace and Liz's stream if they wanted me to. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. If, if I don't think they're... I don't think you... I don't want to invite myself. So I don't know if they are... If that's... If you're not, if you're not speaking for them, I can't say.
Working nine to five. What a way to make a living. Oh boy. I'm in the stable with the horses, yes. I'm a horseman. Verify, because uh, people make fun of him. They think he's a nerd. But, like, I honestly feel like he's onto something vis-a-vis -vis a lot. Like, because obviously a lot of leftists are very down on le uh, European institutions. It's what they should. They're awful. Uh, international institutions. They're dog shit. Uh, they're awful. They perpetuate capital. That's why they're there. Uh, they're bad. But the thing is, is that, like, I really feel that the crises were certainly sake were certainly worth seeing. And I was talking about this well before fucking coronavirus. Mainly, I was thinking of climate change, on the issue of climate change alone, and now we have fucking coronavirus, where it's only even more underscored that international cooperation is going to be one of the most so important, because how, none of these things can be dealt with on a nation-state level. The fucking virus can go around borders with ease, and you cannot have an, a national policy on 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 a climate with the rest of the world not signed on, because it's going to happen. It's going to get keep going elsewhere. So there has to be cooperation. What it looks like is the question. Uh, and I think that, but so like, I think, you know, anti-EU leftists, you know, like uh, Brexiteer leftists, I sympathize with those ideas, but I think a lot of them are focused on the idea, like, we got to undermine these institutions, but I don't think enough question has been, enough, uh, enough thought has been put into the question of what do you replace them with? Because I feel like if you just fall back on the nation state, it's just going to be, make it harder. It's going to make it harder to turn, to, to do any kind of the organizing we're going to need. And I will say that Verifakis' theory of, like, get in these institutions and take them over, I mean, obviously, ironic, it would be funny for me to say I don't think that's a good idea when they say, oh, isn't that what you were doing with Bernie? It's like, well, fair enough. I think maybe, like, the question is just, like, the degree to which it's a viable option. I mean, his election results indicate it might not be very viable. But I would give him credit just because he's asking the question. He's like, what are we going to do about these international institutions? If we just break them up and replace them with nothing, I don't think that's good. What are, if... I'm fine if somebody has got an idea for alternatives, but I need to know what those would be, and we need to start talking about them and try to move towards making them possible. Uh, or or we, what are we going to do with these ones that exist? Uh, so I'm, I, I don't know enough about the EU to say definitively whether I think it's a good idea or whether it's a waste of energy, uh, but I can just say that I appreciate that anyone is looking to answer that question of how to do left internationalism, because I agree that what has been has failed, but it has to be replaced with something. And I think people, more people need to be th talking about what that is. So that's just my, that's my uh, take on that. Oh, yeah. God, I'm going to save that. This, I might do it on stream one of these nights if I go late. If you catch me on the right time, I might do this on, my, on the stream. And it'll be the most terrifying and traumatic experience any of you will ever have. It will make the Arbud Dwyer footage look like an episode to Captain Kangaroo. Man, I loved RC Cola. It's got real sugar. Delicious. 
Uh, Upton Sinclair's 34 book title, uh, well, he had the first one, the one he wrote to run for governor was I, I Governor, and how, I, how I Ended Poverty, uh, and then he wrote one called uh, uh, How I Got Licked, which I love the title of. Yeah, expect that episode sometime in the next two weeks. I think I'm already about halfway through this book I'm reading for it, and this is great. It's, not only is it really just a fascinating story, there are so many historical residences. I'm not even going to like... I'm going to try to be as as uh, subtle as possible with these. I'm going to try to make them clear without underlining them too much. But I really feel like they're going to pop. The historical residences. <laughs> the rhyming of history. The tragedy and farce of the whole damn thing. So uh, that should be fun. Uh, I think I'm going to call it Epic Fail. If you know anything about uh, Sinclair, you'll see how hilarious that is. I do like the Mountain Goats. John Darnell. Hell of a, hell of a tunesman. Uh, all I know about Frank Lloyd Wright is that uh, as, a, as a Balkan Midwesterner, I always have to be in competition with the other states uh, in the area. And so... Frank Lloyd Wright is a Wisconsinite first and foremost, which means when we're listing guys from Wisconsin, guys and women from Wisconsin who are cool and have had like good shit, I can be like Frank Lloyd Wright, number one in architecture. What do you got, Minnesota? Where's your Mar Frank Lloyd Wright? You don't got one. Boom. I hope Sarah Nelson is. Did she? Did she win? Did they have the, the election yet? I didn't think they had. I'm rooting for her. Certainly. I don't know if it happened or not. I'm certainly rooting for her. Even though she is a little too Warren, uh, Warren's curious for my liking. Uh, you know, hey, who didn't say I wasn't magnanimous? Look how damn magnanimous I am. Give me a lawyer, man. I want Bill Kunstler or Ron Kuby. No, McConnell will never lose in Kentucky. No, he's there forever. Brings home the bacon. He brings home the bacon and the snow. I have read DeLillo. How dare you? read DeLillo. I'll read your DeLillo, motherfucker. Tell me to read DeLillo. I, oh, if you mean on the stream, yes, never mind. That's a good idea. I actually might. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that. Uh, now that I think about it, yes, DeLillo would be good. Something about the airborne toxic event, maybe. The movie for my Tinder, Twitter banner is Boogie Nights. It's the scene where uh, Dirk and uh, and uh, Dirk and Brock go to get the tapes that they've been recording, the fire tapes of the fire sessions of the songs they've been recording, 
uh, and uh, their record producer won't give them because they haven't paid uh, their, their, their studio time. And they're saying, you've got to give us the tapes. We're going to sell them. They're going to be huge. And you know they're great. Feel, 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 feel. Feel the heat. Read. Read Rothschild, yes. Feel the heat. And the guy goes, that's, a, that's not an MP. That's a YP. Your problem. And they go, these MPs, YPs, I don't know these industry terms. Please. And he goes, you can't have them. That's it. So that is my embodiment, my best self during this whole campaign. We'll be saying that and thinking it whenever anyone is trying to get my dander up about the Biden versus Trump contest. And that is why my favorite little uh, thing to be replying to anybody whining about this shit to me, any Democrat whining and caterwauling to me about my choice to vote or not vote for their candidate, it will be met with the still image of the record producer played by Robert Downey Sr., the director of Putney Swope. Uh, and father of Robert Downey Jr. Uh, just crossed the arms. Just, that's a YP. Not an MP. That's it. It's a YP, baby. Ah, hell yeah. Feel, 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 feel. Feel the heat. Organized election boycotts or not? See, that's an interesting question. I've heard several people say that it would be better uh, if there is going to be a mass abstention from Biden. It makes sense for it to be self-conscious and try to expand itself so that there could be a noted and pointable uh, um, cost to doing what the Democrats did to Bernie. And I think there's something to this. This I actually think, oh shit, I'm almost out of time, damn it. Uh, actually, you know what? Tomorrow I'll start by talking about that. So tune in, and I will. I'll be. I'll. You know what? I'll spend the time because I hadn't been thinking about it. And I don't want to go off the top of the head now that I think about it because I think this is a real big question. Really, um, is the degree to which you can create a quantifiable cost for doing what the Democrats did? Because let's not forget what they did was they killed people and they threatened to kill more people. And they intervened in every level of the process, from the, the tallying to uh, uh, ha uh, having voting uh, open certain areas, uh, uh, closing and opening election uh, 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 polling sites. Uh, of course, the collusion with the media, which if we got some licky leaks again, holy shit, it would just blow the doors off everything, I guarantee you. All these things came together. Um, and they need to be some sort of, like, consequence for that and if we could say this is the number that could have been yours instead of speculating uh that that might mean something of course you have to know that you're going to make a big enough bike to show strength and not do the opposite you don't want to remind them that you're you could be ignored that would suck so i don't know i'll think about it anyway nice talking guys bye-bye i think i'll put this one on youtube tomorrow so bye-bye guys